ask Orazio to sing that last song, um, and uh, you'll understand in a few minutes. Um, so Monday morning, after my run, um, yeah, I was walking back to the apartment, and um, I normally listen to sermons when I run, and I usually listen to American preachers, uh, my two favorite guys. If you've been around here very long, you know who they are, John Piper and John MacArthur. But on Mondays, usually I listen to my own sermon from the previous night, just so I can see if I said anything goofy, and if I need to edit it before I post it to the podcast site. So, you guys that were here last week, you, you, you know what we talked about. We talked about the fact that, yeah, we were enemies, but, but, but now we're sitting in the lap of God. Now we can go to Him in prayer. We were enemies, but now we're co-heirs. And I was pretty jazzed about all of that. Um, you know, even though it was my own preaching, I was pretty jazzed about the whole deal. And then Kari Job comes on, my podcast thing, or whatever it is, the little clip thing, whatever you call it. And she's singing Revelation song, which is like, like one of my favorite songs. And I'm already messed up, right? I'm already about a foot off the ground. I'm worshiping the Lord. And she says, filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. At the mention of your name, Jesus, your name is power, it is breath, it is living water. Such a marvelous mystery. So my hands go up, and I know people around Binasco think I'm crazy, but I can't help it. I mean, <laughs> my hands go out, and I'm just walking, and, and I'm in that place, you know, I'm in that place of astonishment that God could love me like this. And uh, so, for you guys, for you guys, who really love Jesus, you guys who really know Him, you know what I'm talking about, you know those times with God when you feel like you could step into heaven, you're so in love with Him, you desire Him so much, you're so filled up with wonder, awestruck wonder, you know what I'm talking about. It's that stunningly real and profoundly deep moment of worship and everything else in the world pales in comparison to who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, what Jesus is going to do, and who He will be for me forever. Nothing in the world is even in the same universe with that. And so those of you who really love Him and those of you who really know Him, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's no... There is no better feeling or sensation or experience or encounter the human soul could possibly have than to worship Jesus Christ. There is no pleasure superior to worshiping Jesus Christ. Some of you think you've found a pleasure more, uh, more gratifying or more satisfying than worshiping Jesus Christ. Take it from a 60-year-old guy. You're wrong. There's not one on the planet. There's no pleasure on the planet that compares to who He is and what it's like to know Him 
and to be in relationship with Him. So this is where I was Monday. <laughs> Monday morning. American preacher John Piper, he defines worship like this, and there are, there are a thousand ways to define worship. There are so many ways we could define worship. This is a good one. He says, it's the inner treasuring of God as the highest value in the universe from which proceed acts of obedience, faith, devotion, and love. <clears throat> you know, we're not out in the world being disciples because we have to, or because we should, or because we ought. It's not a, a, an obligation to us. We're out in the world walking with Jesus because we're in love with Him. Because He is our highest pleasure. So it's an overflow of worship. Acts of obedience, faith, devotion, and love. It's just an overflow. It's the overflow of being in fellowship with the Lord. With all due respect to John Piper, I'm going to have to alter his definition just a little bit. Just a little bit. I know he wouldn't mind. I've read all of his books, so he wouldn't mind. I know he wouldn't mind. Because he would say it too. But this is where I was Monday morning, and this is where I've been all week. Worship is the inner treasuring of Jesus Christ as the highest pleasure in the universe from which proceed acts of obedience, faith, devotion, and love. Let me ask you, are you prizing Jesus? Is your worship empty praise? Is it just rote praise? Or are you prizing Jesus? Are you treasuring Jesus? Are you hopelessly in love with Him? Real worship of Jesus Christ is a soul-to-soul -soul and mind-to-mind -mind intimacy with God. Deep, true, life-altering love for Jesus evokes the highest pleasure mankind can ex experience, and that is to know Christ. It's been my experience in the world that people think being a Christian is simply another dead religion. It's not. Now, I know there's a lot of pseudo-Christianity in the world, and it looks just like dead religion. But biblical Christianity, born-again Christianity, is all about knowing your Creator. And it's all about walking with your Creator. And it's all about delighting in your Creator. It's all about prizing Christ above all things. It's why Paul can say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ is gain. And I know some of you, you're probably holding back in, uh, in your, you know, your, your life. Uh, you're not being as... What should we say? Radical as a disciple is maybe you, you should because you think you're going to lose something. Well, if I speak here, I'm going to lose something. If I speak at the university or at work, I, I may be made fun of. I may be looked at in an odd way. I may be seen as being strange. Well, I have to tell you, I tell all true Christians, you are strange. You're supposed to be strange. It's what God calls His people, Right? We are strange people. We are an alien people. It's who we are. 
And if you're in relationship with Christ, that's just who you are. The world doesn't understand who you are and why you do what you do, why you say what you say. Stop worrying about that. So Kari Job is right. It's just knowing Christ is just wonder. It's just awestruck wonder. And then it hit me. This is what I learned this week. And pardon me while I turn the heat off. And I hope it's why every one of you are here. I get to worship Jesus. Right? I get to. It's never I have to, or it's never I should, or it's never I ought. I get to. I get to worship Jesus Christ. I get to. And I realize I've never thanked Him for that. I've thanked Him for everything I could think of, but I realize I've never thanked Him for the privilege to worship Him. 32 years, I've never thanked God for this. This dimension of my life without which I would be wholly impoverished. If I were the richest man in the world and I could not worship Jesus Christ, I could not know Him and walk with Him and love Him and seek to obey Him, I would be a pauper. You and I get to worship. It's an awesome thing. I've never thanked God for this. Obviously, I've thanked Him for saving me and everything else I could think of, but it dawned on me, I've never thanked God that He's brought me into this relationship and I get to worship Jesus. And I'm in a place that the unbeliever can never go. And the nominal Christian can never go. Only the born-again Christian can go here. And that's life-altering worship. I've enjoyed worship. I've delighted in worship. I've been in awe of the awe I have for Jesus, but I've never thanked Him. And I want to say to you, as I said earlier, I'm 60 years old. I've experienced a lot. I've experienced a good portion of the pleasure that's available out there. I wasn't saved till I was 28. So I can tell you on good authority some of you won't take my word for it. Some of you are going to have to go out there and learn the hard way, I fear. Take it from an old man. There is no pleasure like God. And if you think there's a higher pleasure than God, you are deceived. You are deceived. Whether it be spouse or kids or you know, career or or a pile of money, or uh, comfort, or ease, or entertainment, or it, whatever. Go learn the hard way if you have to. But an old man standing in front of you tonight, and he's telling you, you're wasting your life if you're trying to find ultimate satisfaction and pleasure in anything else or anyone else other than Jesus Christ. And I'd never thanked him for this privilege. That's what I learned. 
this week. Yeah, I've thanks God and praised God for a gazillion things <laughs> in my 32 years as a Christian. But I'd never thanked Him for the privilege to worship Him. I just want to encourage you tonight that you don't get distracted. That you realize where your life, I'm talking about true life, where your spiritual life is coming from. Where your heart's satisfaction is coming from. You know, you can get a temporal hit from, you can get a temporary hit from temporal things, I guess. We've all experienced that, but it all fades so quickly, doesn't it? Here's the deal. If you're a Christian tonight, you get to worship Jesus Christ. You get to know Jesus Christ. You get to walk with Jesus Christ. <laughs> if that's a small thing to you, I don't think you've really met Him. I, you can call yourself a Christian, but if that's a small thing to you, I don't think you really know Him. Because if you've really met Him, everything's changed. We've talked about this a million times. If you've really met Him, as Paul told the Corinthians, everything has changed. And you are pursuing Him above all else. We get to worship, beloved. We get to. Now all the other false religions are worshiping, quote-unquote, and all the pseudo-Christians are worshiping, quote-unquote. But we know what it really is. <laughs> we know what it really is. Worship is not an obligation to the born-again believer. It's, well, it's about desire, isn't it? Let me just read a few psalms to you. Psalm 42.1, As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for You, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 63.1, O God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh yearns for You. Psalm 73.25, And besides You, I desire nothing on earth. Psalm 143.6, My soul longs for You as a parched, land. It's always about desire. True Christianity is about desire. Do you desire Him above all things? This is a great examination for, you, uh, for yourself tonight. Do you desire Christ above all things? Only a true believer does. Only a true believer does. John Piper is right. Jesus Christ is the highest value in the cosmos. But what I want to say to you tonight, and I hope you hear me, and I hope probably some of you already know this, maybe many of you do, that He is the highest pleasure in the cosmos. It's what the psalmists are revealing in their psalms. I must have God. I must have Him. I must have God. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But how many of you know that knowing Christ is the very best part of being alive? It's the very best part of being alive. We get to worship. Not some 
mythical God or cartoon God or stupid God or made-up God. We worship the God who speaks 400 plus billion galaxies into existence. We worship Him. The God who is in a manger. The God who's on a cross. The God who's in the grave. The God who comes out. The God who ascends. The God who, who is re, uh, reigning right now. And the God who will come back. That's who we worship. We get to worship Him. I've never thanked Him for it. And we know it, don't we? We're painfully aware that Christians are not immune to, to the hard things of this life. Sometimes our dreams don't come true. Sometimes we suffer excruciating heartache and disappointment. Sometimes we lose everything. Sometimes we get sick. Sometimes our friends forsake us. Sometimes our loved ones leave us. And sometimes they die. But we still get to worship. I often wonder about the unbeliever. I think, how can you do life and not have this dimension? How can you do life and not know God? I, 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 don't, I don't really understand it. I guess... If I did not have that dimension in my life, there's no telling what I would be up to. You know, sin is just anesthetic, right? It's just trying to ease the pain that every unregenerate person feels in the depths of their soul. They have a gaping hole in their soul and they keep pouring everything they can think of into it. But it never gets filled up. There's just this... this aching void. And all they can think of is, well, I need more money. I, I need more things. I, I, I need more sex. I, I just got to look at more porn. I, I don't know. I just need more stuff. I need, I need to pour more stuff in there. We hurt. I'm not saying we don't hurt. But in the context of worshiping God. C.S. Lewis talks about this better than anyone else. It's a quote I've shared with you many times, probably three or four times a year I'll stick it in because it's just, to me it's just so spot on with respect to what's going on here with men and sin. Let me just quote to you for a minute. Just bear with me. I'll just read this to you. It's from his sermon entitled, The Weight of Glory. C.S. Lewis says, If we consider the unblushing promises and staggering nature of the Gospel, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition, etc., etc., etc. When infinite joy is offered to us, we are like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because we cannot imagine what is meant by a holiday. Pardon me what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. And I'm just going to ask you, are you easily pleased tonight? Or are you pursuing Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? It's why the world is so messed up. It's men like ignorant children playing with mud pies when God has said, here I am, you can have all of me that you want. I tell you this all the time, what an insult. God is standing there saying, here I am, you can have all of me. 
that you want. And men say, no, I want to play with sex. I want to play with ambition. I want to play with fame. I want to play with power. I want to get a big pile of money. God says, here I am. Man says, not interested. This is what Lewis is talking about. Men and women who are far too easily pleased with temporal things when God says, you can have me. Come, repent and believe and, 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 and come to me through my Son. You can have me. And for all eternity, you can be apprehending the fullness of who I am. Come. And we say, and mankind, mankind says, Not interested. It's who you were. It's who I was. I was just in the mud making pies. <laughs> right? Now I get to worship Jesus. Not because I figured it out. Not because... Of myself, I was convicted of my sin. I get to worship now because He came for me, right? Isn't that the biblical narrative? He came for me. This God came for me. This holy, awesome God came for me. He was, he was murdered for me. He shed His blood for me. That's why I get to worship. He came for me. I always tell you there should be 10,000 people trying to get in here to hear about Jesus. <laughs> but men say, nah, I want to play with this sin more. I want to love my sin more. My sin is more interesting to me than you, God. That's, it's, people don't verbalize that, but that's what is being said by our actions. It's Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. You were dead and now you're alive. Those of you who are born again tonight, you were dead. Now you're alive. You get to worship Jesus. You get to worship Jesus. I'm always amazed with those that, you know, coming to worship Christ on Sunday with God's people, it's just kind of always tentative, you know? It's just kind of tentative. If it fits my schedule, I'll be there. If something more interesting comes up, not so much. I, I, I've never understood it. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Ephesians 2.4 I was an enemy, but God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. I get to worship. It's His gift to me. If He doesn't do it, I never worship. If He doesn't cause me to be born again, as the text says, if He doesn't make me alive, I would never worship. 
You were playing with your mud pies. I was playing with my mud pies. You had settled. I had settled for something short of God. (laughs) And by His sovereign grace and mercy, He saved us. And we get to worship forever! (laughs) Forever! I was thinking today, you know what? I was thinking this. Even if I only get to worship Him until the day I physically die, it would be enough. Even if the whole eternal life thing wasn't there. Even if that wasn't there. Even if that wasn't part of the deal. I would still walk with Jesus. Is He that dear to you? Do you treasure Him? like that. We get to worship, beloved, and we never stop getting to worship. It's forever. (laughs) It's a billion eternities. It's forever. A famous uh, theologian, Jonathan Edwards, 18th century theologian, he talks about this, he talks about worship in, in terms of union and oneness with God. Listen to what he says. He writes, he says, this perfect union with God will be ascending constantly toward an infinite height moving ever upwards for all eternity. It only just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. As God enlarges your heart, as He pours Himself into it. I realized Monday I'd never thanked God for any of this. This privilege to worship. This privilege to be filled with wonder, awestruck wonder. How many people in the world would love to be filled with wonder, awestruck wonder? (laughs) How many people in the world? How many people do you know? Are you sharing Christ with them? Edwards goes on, there will never be a time when there is no more glory for the redeemed to discover and enjoy. Cosmologists, physicists, And philosophers love to ask the question, why is there something rather than nothing? You know the answer. Someone tell me. Why is there something rather than nothing? Why? Why does God create? Someone tell me. Why does God create? For His glory. But there's an ancillary truth here too. God is giving Himself and revealing Himself to His people. God is putting His glory on display And then He communicates that glory to His people. So in one sense, we can pull pull that truth all the way through. God creates for His glory and for my joy. Here's John Piper distilling Jonathan Edwards. He writes, God's last end in all things, that being creation, is the display of His glorious fullness and the blessing of His creatures with infinite joy. These are not separate ends, but one. The ultimate happiness of man is rejoicing in God. It's why God has created. You and I were designed for maximum pleasure. (laughs) And Jesus is His name. There's a new book came out this summer written by the pastor of the smallest church in the world. Some of you have probably heard of it or seen it. It's in our bookshelf. He opens the chapter 
when he gives his personal testimony, he opens the chapter with some lyrics from Casting Crowns, uh, the song entitled, To Know You, and this is the lyrics, To know you is to ache for more than the ordinary. To know you is to look beyond the temporary. <laughs> that's what I, I think. I love those lyrics. I think, I think that's kind of when you know, yeah, you're, 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 you're getting it. You're getting it. You're understanding that you've been called into deep relationship. When you ache for more than the ordinary and you're always looking beyond the temporary, I can't settle anymore. I can't live like the world anymore. I can't live that small anymore. I got to walk with Jesus. I got to be used up for Jesus, right? I got to be used up for Jesus. That's why God leaves His people on the planet. That you'll share the gospel. Some of you may know a little bit about C.S. Lewis's conversion. He had a real problem with the Psalms. Is anybody, anybody familiar with this story? He was really, yeah. He didn't understand why God kept commanding us to praise Him. He thought, he said, he said, God sounds like an old vain woman seeking her next compliment. Right? You guys aware of this? And then C.S. Lewis has this, this uh, I, I, obviously, Holy Spirit-incited uh, epiphany. And uh, I'll, just read, I'll just read to you what he says. He says, All enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. Praise doesn't merely express the enjoyment, it completes it. And he realized that all of these commands of God to praise God, it's not simply that God's worthy of it. Yes, amen, He's worthy. Even if you hate Jesus Christ, you should praise Him. He's worthy. Right? He's worthy. Yes, God says praise, praise the Lord. He says it in His Word. He's worthy. But there's another thing here. It's what Lewis is talking about. To praise God is the capstone of enjoying God. Right? It's like, it's like uh, the, the groom praising his bride. It's like the mother praising her newborn. There's, in praise, there's completion. There's, there's climax. There's... there's uh, uh, well, there's another word. I can't think of what it is right now, but it's that too. Um, when you read the word praise, and I've shared this with you before, but when you read these commands in, in the Psalms about where God says, praise, praise me, what's He saying? Does anybody remember? We talked about this a year or so ago. God is saying, come and enjoy me. That's what God is saying. God is saying, come and enjoy me. Yes, I'm worthy, but I'm your highest pleasure. If you're a thinking person, if you're a regenerate man or woman, of course I'm worthy. Praise me. But I'm your highest pleasure. Praise me. This is not about God showing up His self-esteem issues. It's about God revealing Himself to us. It's about pleasure. 
So I'll ask you, have you thanked God for the privilege, the privilege to worship Him? Have you thanked God for it? Have you thanked God that you were an enemy destined for hell, but now you are a co-heir with Jesus Christ? Have you thanked Him? Not only for that, but the privilege to worship Him for that. I was thinking yesterday, um, <laughs> what if He were a mediocre kind of God? What if... What if He was second-rate? But Jesus Christ is not a mediocre God. He's not a second-rate deity. He's awesome. He's beautiful. We sang it. He's compelling. He's desirable. (laughs) We get to worship. We get to be filled with wonder. Awestruck wonder. So, when God says, praise the Lord, when He says it in His Word, yes, He's worthy. But it's an invitation. Beloved, it's an invitation for you and me to find out who we are. (laughs) To find out who we are in Christ. God says, come and enjoy Me. Because in eternity past, I I set My heart on you in eternity past. I determined to come for you. Because in time, I atoned for your sin through My Son. Because in time, I have caused you to be born again by My Spirit. Come and enjoy Me. Come and enjoy Me. I just want to challenge you tonight. One, Do you know Christ like this? Are you loving Him? Are you delighting in Him? Do you realize you get to worship? And much of the rest of the world never truly does. Unless they come to Him. But we know that as Jesus said, the world will hate us because it hated Him. It's the choice that man has made. God says, you can have me. Man says, I'm not interested. I've got this other stuff I want to do. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. So, we saw in Psalm 117, it's the middle chapter of the whole Bible. I want to make this point. It's two verses long. Uh, Right in the middle of the Bible, there's this, this, this call from God regarding all that's preceded and all that's followed. God is saying, enjoy me! Enjoy me! It's what the whole Bible is about. Come and enjoy me! Put down your sin and enjoy me! Three times in the psalm. Praise the Lord. Laud the Lord. Praise the Lord. In other words, enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the Lord. Paul gives us some insight and I'm done. I love Ephesians 3. I love this verse. A couple of verses from Ephesians 3. 16-19. 
Paul says that God, God may that God might grant through his spirit that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you listen to this I love this may be able to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you might be filled up to all the fullness of God. It's what has begun for the born-again believer. We are being filled up with all the fullness of God and it'll never end. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You get to worship Jesus Christ. It's the highest pleasure in the cosmos. You get to do it. Because of what He's done in your behalf. If this is a small thing to you, beloved, I exhort you to repent. This can't be a small thing. In fact, it's who you are. If you're a Christian tonight, it's absolutely who you are. You are enjoying God at the university. You are enjoying God in your marriage. You are enjoying your, your God as you surf the internet. Obviously, you're enjoying God as you gather with the people of God. Human life is all about God. And the sooner we all acclimate, or as the Brits would say, acclimatize. Right, Helen? As soon as you acclimatize to that reality, the greater joy you'll have in your life. Beloved, We get to worship Jesus. Let's pray together. <clears throat> King Jesus is an awesome thing. I confess that I've praised You for so many things and yet I have never realized I've not thanked You and praised You for the privilege to worship. It wasn't cheap to buy me out of my sin and my lust and my love of stupid things. But that's how much you've loved me. That's how much you've loved your people. So Lord God, thank you for this invitation to praise you because you are worthy but to praise You because it is the capstone of enjoyment. You are our highest pleasure. I pray for anyone sitting in this room that does not know that reality. Lord, I pray You'll do a mighty work in their heart. I pray You would grant repentance and faith. I pray that they would run to the cross. I pray that they would find their true joy. His name is Jesus. We love You, great God. We love You. We praise You. In the name of Christ, Amen.